Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Lost in Science for another week. My name is Claire and this week we have a number of guests in the studio chatting about different things that are happening in the world of science and science communication. I'm going to be talking to Ellie and Kathy from Remember the Wild that have a new initiative called Connected to Port Phillip, which is all about connecting the communities around Port Phillips and Melbourne, uh, Geelong, down the Bellarine Peninsula and the Mornington Peninsula to the diverse ecosystems within Port Phillip Bay. So think Australian fur seals and penguins and, as I found out, giant swarms of crabs, huge spider crabs. I didn't even know that they were in Port Phillip. Incredible. Anyway, they're having a music festival, Day by the Bay, happening on the 23rd of March. So we're going to hear all about that. Chris, what do you have for us today? Well, this time of year, kind of year March, April time of year, every year we get to speak to a few comedians for coming to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival to doing science comedy. Great. I love hearing science-related comedians. Yeah. They are punny and funny. They are, they, as, as you say, they're, they're, you can learn something and you can also probably laugh a bit as well. You make, laugh. Make you laugh, they make you think. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, so this week's this week's um, victim is none other than science communicator Sean Elliott, who will be talking about his show that he's got the comedy festival called Tesla, Death Rays and Elephants. So it's about Nikola Tesla, not about the car guy. The original Tesla. Is, is yeah. this about... The rivalry between Tesla and Edison. That is touched on. That yeah. is touched on. But there yeah, was a lot the of peculiar. The elephant. Yeah, there's a lot of peculiar things about are you. Are Tesla. you talking about the elephant in the room? <laughs> no, I'm talking about <laughs> the elephant in the battery, but anyway. All right. Elephant in the battery? Yes. So, yes. Um, <laughs> well, we let's have, just leave that one there. Yeah, we will. We'll, we'll, you'll find out about that. Yeah, so we are talking to Sean Elliott, and he has some tickets to give away to his show, so stay tuned for a chance to get some tickets to a comedy show. Fantastic. Well, I can't wait to hear from Sean, Ellie, and Kathy um, telling our three guests on Lost in Science. On with the show. Okay, I have a question for listeners. Now, where in Australia do you have more unique species than you do on the Great Barrier Reef, but they are living in close proximity to over 4 million people? Well, it is none other than Port Phillip Bay, where the ocean meets Melbourne and Geelong. Connected to Port Phillip is a new initiative to celebrate the bay and foster environmental stewardship. And my guests today are leading the charge. Ellie Michaelides and Kathy Cavallo from Remember the Wild. Welcome to Lost in Science. Hello. 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 Now, tell us all about Connected to Port Phillip. Connected to Port Phillip is all about celebrating Port Phillip Bay as a community. Um, a lot of the time, if you're not living right on the water's edge, you can forget your proximity to it and how important it is for our 
culture um, throughout the catchment around the bay and within the catchment that contributes to Port Phillip Bay. So that's where water will be draining into the creeks and things that will go into the bay. There's more than 4 million people living in those areas. So that actually makes us the densest catchment in Australia. So obviously the people living in that area, we have a big effect on the bay, um, and but it also has a really big effect on how we see ourselves as Melburnians and people from Geelong and things. So pretty important to protect. So why is it important to celebrate Port Phillip? Because it's just an incredibly unique and fascinating area. It's got so many different marine habitats um, from, you know, the salt marsh and coastal tea tree and things around the edges in through the seagrass beds and coastal reefs and things into the deeper, sandier bits of the bay. There's so much going on there and for a bay that's surrounded by so many people, it's really incredibly healthy. It's actually quite incredible how healthy it is for um, the density of the population. And do you mean healthy from an ecological point of view? Yeah, I do. So we've still uh, got some really healthy reef ecosystems and really healthy seagrass. Um, I guess there's there's threatened communities. There are a lot of threatened communities in the bay, but overall as a wider ecosystem, it functions really well still. And, but that's something that we're kind of teetering on the edge of at the moment as any place with a big population will do. So with things like the drought and climate change and pollutants and nutrients that we're putting into the water, we're having quite a big effect on the region. And we're at a point now where people need to be thinking about how they affect it. So things like the urchin barrens that are popping up. So Urchin barrens? Yeah. So we have these really beautiful um, brown algal reefs around the bay, especially around the northern end and stuff. And sea urchins, there's a native sea urchin in our area that's actually just kind of blooming in massive numbers at the moment. And when this happens around the world, they tend to chow down on all of the algaes, um, like, you know, grazing cattle, and they really denude the area so that you end up with what's called an urchin barren. And actually, so yes. literally a, a, like a place that urchins have just made a barren landscape or seascape as it, as it is. Totally. Yeah. I actually swam off Bo Morris yesterday uh, or the day before on the sea slug survey. And... That's also very cool. We can talk about the sea slug survey later. <laughs> it was very fun. But just offshore, like, you know, only 20 metres offshore, it went from a seagrass and sea um, seaweed kind of amazing environment to this completely scuzzy brown coated rock area. And what happens with the urchins is that they eat their way down to the ground, but then they can eat like the crappy filamentous algae that pops up. So... Once you've got an urchin barren, it's a real phase shift in terms of the ecosystem. So we need to be on top of these things because our bay at the moment is really healthy, but it is teetering. And for listeners who aren't in the Victoria or Melbourne region, what are some of the sort of iconic species that we do find um, in Port Phillip? So one of the things that I think is the most amazing is our spider crab migration. Whoa. (laughs) So um, about once every year, usually when the temperature in the bay, the water temperature starts going down again, we'll have this mass aggregation of spider crabs, giant spider crabs, coming up from outside the bay and from the deepest parts of the bay to the edges where they all gather en masse and start shedding off their shells and mating and... It's absolutely incredible. It's been, I think it's been on Attenborough Docos and 
um, you can just get in the water with these enormous spider crabs. And just seeing something on mass like that is really exciting. So everybody, all the divers in Melbourne, just nerd out on it. I love really excited. I love that you're like, oh yeah, you just jump in the water with a whole bunch of spider <laughs> crabs while they're while yeah. they're molting. Well, it's kind of funny because they're a lot giant, of, aren't they? They are. They're yeah. they're uh, yeah, at least thirty or more centimeters across. Incredible. Um, but it's cool because that often happens around the southern Mornington Peninsula, and so the community down there is kind of a bit of a steward. Are stewards for it as well so you can see these things from the pier so it's something that everyone can connect with we've also got um two different species of dolphins in the bay the common dolphins and the uh, bottlenose dolphins um, and the common dolphins in there are pretty amazing because that's usually an offshore species so we have this weird population of about 30 or so mostly females with their babies so that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's very cool. Um, so it's an extremely diverse habitat um, and um, it's definitely worth celebrating. And one way that the Connected to Port Phillip initiative is celebrating it is through a festival or actually two festivals. Can you tell us a bit about them? Yeah, that's right. So um, we've got two festivals. Um, they're called Day by the Bay. The first one happened in Mornington last month and the next one's coming up this weekend, Saturday 23rd of March at the Point Cook Coastal Park. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, which is great. It's really nice to get um, out to the west and Point Cook Coastal Park and, and that whole area is one of those areas that people don't really know much about. They don't know that there's amazing um, marine sanctuaries out there and, and it's a really nice place. So We'll be heading out there on Saturday. Uh, we've got a lineup of awesome Melbourne um, live music coming up. We've got Mojo Juju as the headline act. Fantastic. Plus um, Orb Weavers, which are a Melbourne act that are really in touch with the Bay. So they're um, perfect, really, for this festival. Orb Weavers being a type of spider. Exactly. Wow. How's that? Great. Perfect. Perfect. Um, plus we've got Jess Ribeiro, Hextet, Leah Senior and Way Dynamic that will all be um, playing at the festival. We've got a whole bunch of awesome community stallholders. Uh, we've got really fun activities for all ages. So it's a family-friendly event. It's alcohol-free as well. Um, we've got an ice carving activity happening, uh, wow. which is very cool. Nature connection activities all kinds of fun things. Now, I imagine when, when you are a sustainability and environmental sort of initiative, um, creating music festival that sort of aligns with those values can be sort of challenging. Um, so what's, what's been your approach to sustainability with this, um, with this festival? So um, we're really proud that this uh, festival is plastic-free. So we're working with Be Alternative to manage the waste at the festival. All of the vendors, we've got food trucks there, all of the vendors will be using compostable packaging. Um, and if you take your own containers and cutlery and everything, you get a discount on the food as well, which is a really great initiative. We've also got a shuttle bus running between Williams Landing train station and the festival for those who don't drive and also to try to reduce the number of cars that will be coming along to the festival. Um, and you might have already mentioned this and I missed it, but it is a free festival? It's a free festival. Fantastic. Absolutely. Oh, seeing Mojo Juju for free. I know. Incredible. Get down there. Totally. Now we've got listeners all around Australia. So um, what can communities around Australia learn from the Connected to Port Phillip initiative and the Day by the Bay as well? Um, so I guess really broadly, just an appreciation for the nature that's around us. Um, you don't have to go far from where you live to experience really amazing 
um, natural areas and we're really trying to celebrate those and get people out and about in them. I think what we found from the first day by the bay is that uh, the people that were walk-ins off the street that didn't really know what was going on came away with something really amazing that they hadn't expected from their day because they were just coming over for the food trucks and then they met some of the like amazing different research groups and not-for-profits from around the bay and they became engaged. Like it's actually you just need to expose people to things for them to take an interest in what's going on and, you know, you can't see a dolphin or a penguin or um, like a weedy sea dragon or anything like that and not be excited about it. So I think a big part of what we are trying to do is to bring those experiences closer to people and I think that is something that people around um, in groups around Australia can take up because they just need to bring what they're passionate about to the front because people, it's contagious. Um, the other thing, sorry, <laughs> I think that one thing that you can underestimate as a community group is the other groups that are active in your area um, and how you're all working towards the same message. You can really mobilise that kind of group um, you can mobilise all the groups to deliver that message in one kind of united front so that everyone's finding out about the dolphins and the fish and the urchin barons, everything in the same day, rather than getting one perspective, you know. And it's really hard for a lot of small um, not-for-profits to toot their own horn, kind of. So that's a big part of what we try and do at Remember the Wild is to tell those stories and bring those people closer to the community. Wonderful. Now, um, how can people get in touch? How can they follow you? How can they find out more about Day by the Bay and Connected to Port Phillip? So our website is connected to portphillip.com. Great. Very descriptive. Yes. <laughs> Easy to find. <laughs> um, and if you head to the website, if you're in Melbourne and you want to come to the festivals, you can head to the website. There's a tab there about the festival um, at Point Cook this weekend. Yep. So that's Saturday the 23rd of March. Yeah, sure is. Um, and then if you want to learn more on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, we've got handles for both Remember the Wild and Connected to Port Phillip. To follow the Connected to Port Phillip initiative on Facebook, just look up Connected to Port Phillip. Um, on Twitter, it's Love Port Phillip. Um, and Phillip's with two L's for those out of state. And on Instagram, it's actually Connected to Port Phillip but with a two instead of T-O connected to Port Phillip. So Remember the Wild is Australia's first nature engagement charity. So we work nationwide. Um, so if you want to get involved in the story there, look up Remember the Wild on Facebook or Instagram. Or if you're looking on Twitter, you can find us at RTW underscore Oz, like A-U-S. Well, Kathy, Ellie, thank you so much for coming in and chatting to us on Lost in Science today. And check out Day by the Bay um, if you're in and around the Port Phillip Point Cook area on Saturday, March 23rd. Um, and definitely find Remember the Wild and Connected to Port Phillip on the socials. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Claire. Thank you.
Okay, you are listening to Lost in Science, and it's that time of year when we get to talk to our favourite science comedians. And Sean M. Elliott is one of those. This year, he's performing at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival in a show called Tesla, Death Rays and Elephants. Sean, so many questions. Oh, thank you, Chris. How are you? I'm very good, thanks. Now, um, which which Tesla, can we start with that, are we talking about? Um, because there is, like, electric cars that a lot of people are perhaps kind of interested Absolutely. in at the moment. The name Tesla, it's, it's sort of really quite invocative. Invocative? In evocative of uh, of things that are going on out there at the moment. So you've got the Tesla cars and so on. But no, this is all about Nikola Tesla, who was a, an electrical engineer and scientist way, way back in the 18, late um, 19th century. Yes, a rival of Edison, I believe. Well, interestingly enough, they started off as uh, he went to work for the Edison company. And Edison helped to get him to America, um, but yeah, then eventually uh, there was a bit of a, a bit of a brouhaha. Okay, right yeah. now I don't want to. I don't want you to tell the whole story. You've read the whole show here. Mm, but, no. I mean, apart from you know, brouhaha's with Edison. Why is Nikola Tesla so important and worthy of a show at the International Comedy Festival? Well, this this is the interesting thing because uh, for a lot of people, he. He's he's kind of seen as this this person, this great towering figure, and yet when you start to scratch away at the surface of it, uh, some of the things that uh, are sometimes put laid at his feet as having having discovered, uh, the the claims are a little bit overstated. And so this show is is hoping to to kind of look at him and some of these claims and and uh, pull them apart a little bit. Can you give us a taste? What's a, what's a notable claim? Because, I mean, I've heard, I have heard a lot about Nikola Tesla. Well, in fact, in fact, I can say, can I tell you, the first time mm. I heard of him was, in fact, um, in my um, uh, nerdy youth, I encountered a UFO magazine that claimed he was some sort of alien genius, perhaps on the planet Venus. And I thought, now that sounds a bit implausible. Oh, oh uh, this, this wasn't that limerick, was it? No. Yeah, the young man from Venus. No, uh, no, never, I don't never think mind, so. never okay. mind. Anyway, um, so yeah, look, the, he is kind of down as one of these um, almost new agey uh, kind of scientists because there's there's this huge amount of mystique around him. But before we get to the mystique, we'll, we'll, I, I just want to touch on the thing that he's actually the thing that I think he is a genius for, and it's because of his work in AC electricity. And and these things so AC that is mm, alternating current. Right. So if you imagine getting nine volt battery and putting it on your tongue, actually don't do that. But that's direct current. Yeah, direct current it flows from uh, one side of the battery around to the other side. But alternating current, uh, if you had an electrical line, it's moving back and forth along that line at a particular rate. Uh, so you know our rooms here have uh, 50 hertz. So 50 times a second, AC electricity is is coming into these these rooms. So it's coming out of your power socket. Out of your power. You shouldn't stick your tongue on that either. I definitely don't stick your tongue on that one. Um, and his particular interest was looking at AC electricity and because at that time, DC electricity was um, well-known, well-used, and um, had, was, was being used in electrical motors and so on. But the interesting thing was, well, could you, could you make an electrical motor using AC? 
and there an AC had motor had been made and now the, the the main feature of these motors was that they needed a magnet they needed a magnet inside them in order to work but where Tesla's genius came in was that he figured out hang on a second I can actually do this without a magnet I can actually use the fact that when we put electricity along a wire we get a magnetic field forming around it, and we'll use that as the magnet. And uh, in, in setting this up in, in his motor, managed to make it in such a way that the magnetic field moves around, and uh, he, he invented this thing called an induction motor. And that induction motor design has, I, I saw a figure, it was something like you know, 90% of our electrical needs go into powering induction motors because they are just not only incredibly useful but also very efficient and uh, quite powerful, uh, make good use of the electricity that's delivered to them. So that's his genius and that's what he's well known for. And then he was suddenly had attributed to him a whole bunch of other things. For instance, a death ray. Yeah, I've heard about this death ray. Well, I've heard about the title of your show, I believe. Mm. Yeah. So, so uh, death rays and elephants. Uh, the elephant uh, is, a, uh, is a different tragic story and has more to do with uh, a fight that happened about AC uh, versus DC at the time. But part, putting a pin in that one, the, the death ray was... Um, it, it, in a lot of ways, it, it feels like towards the twilight of his life, he, it was a, a last-ditch effort for him to get investors on board. He, he was looking for ideas. He was looking for money. He was racking up debts all over the place. He was uh, staying at hotels and, um, and not paying the bills. And um, he announced that he had this brand new plan for a death ray. And the world being where it was at, the moment, at that time, it was just out of World War I. People were looking for the next best weapon just in case nations go to war again. And uh, he said, hey, I've got it. I've got this machine. It's going to be able to shoot aircraft out the sky. It's going to be able to mow down armies in the field. And uh, I've got the plans for it right here. And everyone went, great, show us. And he said, no. And that's the way it stayed for, for quite some time, up until his death. And then on his death... The FBI themselves raided his uh, hotel room and found a box that said death ray plants. And it actually said on the outside, somewhere around, it, it, it was indicated that you shouldn't open this box because a death ray is going to kill you. And nevertheless, they took the box and they took it to a university and there was a professor there who, uh, who examined the box. They opened it up and didn't get killed. Instead, there was this simple electric circuit that, that was inside there that, that was a, a common electric circuit called a Wheatstone Bridge and nothing else except for a whole bunch of papers. And this professor went through them all. Incidentally, this professor's name uh, was Trump. He was the uncle of the current United States president. Now, with a figure, with all of this story and other attachments to, to great figures, of course, other stories start to accumulate like lint on a sweater. Great. So um, clearly we, people coming to your show will hear a lot of interesting stories and learn some science. What else can they expect? Uh, well, one of the great inventions that uh, Tesla made was something called a Tesla coil. And a Tesla coil was, was Tesla's interest in high-voltage electricity. 
and um, if anyone's been to ScienceWorks, there is uh, a massive Tesla coil down there. It's five metres tall, and it puts out these great big arcs of electricity, two metres long. And at my show, you're not going to see that. Instead, you're going to see my Tesla coil. It's about 30 centimetres tall. It puts out pretty nice sparks. And uh, that was, uh, well, that was an ordeal to try and get a Tesla coil up and running in time for the show. Have you done much by way of soldering, Chris? A little bit, but not always successfully. So, so when I was a kid, we, we used to... I, it was a bit of a hobby that my dad got, got me into to, to solder, solder stuff. But uh, the, uh, this, this particular kit had um, all sorts of uh, resistors and all the rest that needed solder. And so there was, there was long nights spent a few months ago just simply whiling the time away, soldering. Uh, components into this board to eventually get this uh, Tesla coil and I, I had it set up in my kitchen and everything was right the dog was kept away and I plugged it in and switched it on and the breaker for the house got set off and uh, that's the way I did for the next week or so the damn thing wasn't working so anyway long and short of it is it's working now uh, it's only zapped the dog once and uh, things are going good Great. So there will actually be lightning at your show. There will be lightning, albeit very, very small lightning. Excellent. The sparks are flying already. Okay. Okay, Sean Elliott, now I believe your show is on every Saturday and Sunday during the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Yes, yes, it is, uh, as well as over Easter, where it's on uh, Good Friday as well. And it is 4 o'clock in the afternoon, is that correct? That's right, 4 o'clock. Whereabouts? At the Imperial Hotel, which is in Spring Street, just opposite uh, Parliament House. Good view of Parliament. Brilliant. And how can people find out more and book tickets? Best way is to go to the uh, International Comedy Festival website, Melbourne International Comedy Festival website, and if they do a search for Tesla, they, they should be able to find the Tesla page, and that will take you through the booking and everything there. And where else can people find you on the internet? Well, they can go to my Twitter, which is at Sean M. Elliot. That's Sean, S-E-A-N, and Elliot with two Ts. And there's um, other information through that page. Great. And I understand that you have some tickets to give away to Lost in Science listeners. That's right. I have got uh, five double passes that can be used in the opening weekend. So basically, if we're able to get uh, some names and contact addresses, we'll be able to um, get those tickets out to people. Fantastic. If you would like a double pass to the opening weekend of Sean's show, Tesla Death Rate Elephants, please email us at lostinsci at gmail.com. That is L-O-S-T-I-N-S-C-I at gmail.com with your name and i'll probably get your email address from the um from the email but um yes and we have five of those to give away well thank you very much for coming in sean oh thanks chris and um yeah best of luck for comedy That's all we have time for on another episode of Lost in Science. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for listening. And a big thank you to our guests today, Ellie Michaelides, Kathy Cavallo and Sean M. Elliott. Lost in Science is recorded in the studios of 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network with the kind support of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. 
please get in touch with us. Ask us your science questions. We love hearing from you and we love trying to answer your questions. You can track us down at lostinsciatgmail.com. Find us on Twitter at lostinscience1 or find us on Facebook. We are Lost in Science on 3CR on that platform as well. Or just find us when we're on the radio again next week when Claire, Stu and Chris will get lost in science. Thanks for listening to a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.